On this episode of Deep Thrones, we review Season 2, Episode 8, The Prince of Winterfell. We introduce our brand new weekly segment. We discuss the upcoming battle between Stannis and Tyrion. Chris has some questions for his Snapchat bitmoji. And I have something to say to Amelia Clark, plus many more hilarious segments. Winter is here. Hey guys, welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Deep Thrones. The I'm Prince, Sims. The Prince of Winterfell. Chris the Sims. Prince of Winterfell. Yeah, I, I am also the Prince of Winterfell. My partner Sheedy's on the line. What's up? I'm John Sheedy. I am not allowed in Culver's anymore. <laughs> so we got the Prince of Winterfell, we got the guy not allowed in Culver's, and that's... So gruesome twosome. One thing we forgot to do last episode. R.I.P. Brendan, he died. <laughs> <laughs> it's along those same lines, R.I.P. and peace, Trader of Spices. We want to do a little obituary for the homie. Say um, goodbye to a guy, you know. We in the rewatch fell in love with this man. Yeah. Great. Trader of Spices. I actually I never really even acknowledged him the first two times I watched the Me Rose. neither. And then this third time is just He's he stood out. You underestimate how important he is to the entire story. He's a man that no one really ever knew, but we all loved him. But right. We all kind of hated him, but it's like... We loved his spices. I mean, we loved those spices, and... You could remove Ned Stark... You could remove Ned Stark from the Thrones ethos, and it wouldn't be as big a loss as if you removed the Trader of yeah. Spices. I want him on the Iron Throne. We should start a campaign. Hashtag Trader Spices. Trader of Spices for the Throne. Iron Revive throne. him. Yeah. I mean, Jon Snow, get the red... Yeah, we can get Mel. Get we can get Mel out there. Mel, bring him back to Molly, life. <laughs> get Molly, Molly Sodra out there. Get him to bring him back. He's probably all sorts of decomposed at this point. But. So I, I got. I wish if I had like a bottle of Hennessy or something, I'd just pour it out on your carpet right now for yeah. you know some for the for the dead homie. So uh, R.I.P. Trader Spices. We miss you, buddy. We hope you're up in the sky with all the old gods and the new <laughs> trading those spices. Trading, <laughs> trading spices. Trader Spices. He, he wrote his. He wrote his <laughs> ship to the heavens. Yeah, I just want to imagine them singing like a sad song. Like, <laughs> um, closing time. <laughs> One last call for spices. <laughs> On a lighter note, happy belated Thanksgiving from the Deep Thrones podcast. Hope you had all that turkey. Got got some good turkey, got some good uh, stuffing. Good football, and, and football right now. Good football, Bears won, that's tight. We're watching some Ohio State and Michigan. And Kenny Galladay had a great game, though. Yeah, he did. He's, he hit two games in a row, great game. Got the Panthers. Sh- shout out Kenny Galladay. Shout out Kenny Galladay. product. He yeah. was, what was he, a sophomore when we were seniors? Yeah. He's Young a good man. boy. He's a good boy. He's a good when boy. I went to the Vikings-Lions game, we yelled, Kenny! And he didn't turn around. And then my brother-in-law yelled, St. Rita! And he stopped, turned around, and waved, and jogged off. We were nice. hyped. Because nice. he probably figured in a Lions-Vikings game for someone to know that detail. Yeah, in, in Minnesota. In like, Minnesota, yeah, of all yeah. places. So, um, so you, yeah, you, have, you have something you want to cover here? Before that, I think we have to cover... Your Bitmoji. Oh, yes. <laughs> so there's this thing on Snapchat called Bitmoji Stories, which I didn't even know existed, but Chris found out the hard way they do exist and then brought it to my attention. Chris, I think you should break down so, what's happening. It, yeah, so there's this thing called Bitmoji Stories, and I was on the toilet, and, you know, you get to scrolling on your phone when you're pooping. They do and, be like that sometimes. I just like... He's trading spices on the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> I came across this thing, so I, of course, I pull it up, and... It started out pretty chill, like my Bitmoji was just looking at his laptop, and then as I kept scrolling, my Bitmoji went and met up with Sheedy, and we were hanging out, and then shit kind of got a little weird. Shit got, we, our Bitmojis might be a thing. They they might, 
Our, my Snapchat thinks that I'm in a relationship with Shitty because we hang out so much. There's one where they were <laughs> lick, eating ice cream. They were eating ice cream. And flying then the, a kite. The next one we're running through a field of poppies, like flying a kite. <laughs> poppies of spices. <laughs> uh, flying a kite. And then, and then another and one. And then it got real weird. When we are at a, in like some abandoned lake. <laughs> I'm on a tire swing. Luckily, I have shorts on. Chris is in the lake, so there's no verification. As yeah, we don't know. I had no clothes My character still has his little headband on and a <laughs> necklace. He doesn't wear a necklace. And they put one on him for this. You must. It must be our anniversary. And you got me a little hookah shell necklace or whatever they're called. And then and then we, and then we the last one, we're just laying in a field at night looking at the stars. Mercilessly jerking each other off. <laughs> so pretty sure my Snapchat thinks that I'm in a relationship with Shady. Which, yeah, so we are trying I mean, to spend a little less time. We're going back to recording remotely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess worse things can In happen. studio, boys well, yeah. have to stop, man. Enough of this. Oh, um, also, speaking of us being in a relationship, you're invited to our Friendsgiving slash Muffsgiving tonight. Muffsgiving? What is yeah. that? Well, Muffsgiving? Well, we like call ourselves, in my friend group from college, we call ourselves the Muffs. Shout out any Muffs that listen to this. Um, so like, yeah, if you're not doing anything tonight, roll through, dude. So uh, it's up. I'll come out to the muffs. <laughs> Sounds fun. Wow. Yeah. How does one become a muff? Is it like a whole initiation? Or? Well, it's just like one of those things like, you know, like, you know, you, you know, you know, if you're a muff, you know, yeah, there's, there's no like defined, there's no rules written, but you just, how you many just people know. are currently a muff? Um, in our group chat, I think we have like. Up to twelve people in there wow, now. That's a good amount of muffs. Yeah, that's, that's a whole lot <laughs> that's of muffs. A whole lot of muff in that group. <laughs> uh, speaking of Ooh. muff, really quickly, I got to apologize, <laughs> uh, folks. Uh, if you listen to our podcast, you follow every episode, you know that last episode, I or a few episodes ago, I said goodbye to Amelia Clark. She has a new boyfriend, and I was done with her. And I've been saying at the end of each podcast, hit me up, Marjorie, because she's my new flame. <sighs> Goodbyes are hard, and upon further review, I she did a new photo shoot for what is it, Elle magazine, with her short hair. Amelia Clark did, and she is just uh, she was on fire. She brightens. She is the mother. She is the unburned, on fire, <laughs> she, mother of dragons. She's the stormborn. She is the fault in my stars, <laughs> and I see her, and I just I oh god, I just I'm in love. It's love at first sight. Uh, so Amelia, you're back on. I know you have a boyfriend. That's fine. You know. As you'll Chris once side, told me, you'll be the side piece. Just because there's a goalie doesn't mean you can't score. Fact. Fact, facts only. And Amelia, listen, I know you like him now, but he's not attractive. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can't be mad at you because that last photo shoot was fire. It's a fire photo yeah, shoot. She was, she's just dominating the short hair look. Oh, she could. I wish she would dominate me. <laughs> <laughs> that being said. I like a firm woman. <laughs> that being said, I am thoroughly disappointed in you because. I thought we we put this in our past, you know. It, you, we no. we we tucked her away. You were moving on to maybe better things. I know, I know. And it's, now you're just going back on your word. It's tough when you're seeing that photo shoot. Like I should have stopped following her on Instagram because it's tough when you see that. And then I watch these episodes, and it's like this is like she's top of her game, cute right now in Carth, and she's Elle magazine photo shoots with that short hair. And it's just, it's tough, man. It's tough. And, you know, you can, and I Google her every day. <laughs> <laughs> Strictly professional Strictly research. Strictly professional research for the yeah. podcast. Yeah. You know, but, uh, Amelia, you're back on. Um, you're in a relationship that's fine. I'm going to support the boundaries of that relationship. Uh, I'm only going to bang you, <laughs> not the boyfriend. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the review. Let's give the people what they came for. Uh, scene one. 
Yara arrives at Winterfell. Theon has finally received his reinforcements, and they're not happy to see him. Definitely not. Yara kind of puts Theon in his place and talks shit to him, like, "Oh, you're really cool killing those kids," and like he's like, "Well, we killed all the ravens, so." You're worried about the Starks coming. She's like, you're a fuckface. Like, of course, Rob's eventually going to hear. He probably already knows we're all going to die. Yeah. And she said, she keeps saying, like, don't die this far from the sea. Like, she's telling him, like, you're going to die. And there's a really heartfelt moment where she talks to how he was a terrible baby, but they connected. Yeah. So, like, Yara is, oh, wow, Ohio State just scored. Let's go. Bomb. It's 75 yarder right here. Whoa. Um, Yara? so, (laughs) So, Yara is... The, of course, Theon's like the cocky, like dumb asshole who just thinks he's like, oh, I'm the, I'm the prince of the Greyjoys, whatever. Cool, dude. Anyways, Yara's actually the smart one in the family, and actually a military leader. Yeah, she's she she knows strategy, she knows tactics, and she knows that there's no chance that the North is going to let fifty men hold Winterfell. It's not only that. Like Yara even said, she's like, you got to realize that, like. Even if Rob doesn't hear, there are still Stark bannermen, yeah. all the Car Starks, all these the Boltons, the all Boltons. these loyal guys yeah. who are a stone's throw away. And as last episode show, Roos is sending his bastard there, right. and that's going to be which a is going to be real bad news. That's going to open up a whole can of worms for Theon and cut off the worms. But <laughs> he's going to find out. Real it frustrates quick. me how cocky Theon is, and this is one of the things that like the books probably develop better because it's like all of a sudden he just like. He literally, this is probably like he just sees his dad and immediately he's like, ooh, I'm a tough guy now. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. You haven't earned anything. He, I mean, in, in the books, Theon's character has just always been like, he, he's just like always trying to be, I don't know, in a position of power, right? He is the so antithesis like, of Jon Snow, whereas Snow and him, when they step, Jon always takes the, usually the right step. And Theon takes the wrong step, and John is like his peers vote him into power, and Theon's like, ooh, look at me, I'm yeah. strong. But not only does Theon make the wrong step, but then he thinks that it's the best step of all time and lets everyone know that. And compounds that. it. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Fuck you, Theon. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Theon. Fuck Theon. So from there we go north of the wall. Egret is. She, Love her. So Egret has Jon Snow as her. Thank God she came in hot right when the Traitor of Spices died. Yeah. We, we, need, we she's needed. She's filling our spice void. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's filling our spice hole. She's filling our holes with spice. Uh, so yeah, so Jon is her captive right now. She meets up with the, with the rest of the wildlings. And, bones, the and bones the, guy, the Lord of Bones. Fuck. Yeah, so the Lord of Bones immediately wants to kill Jon Snow because he doesn't know who he is. He holds no value. Yeah, to, to, to the Lord of Bones, it holds no value. So he's just like, yeah, kill him. And Egret kind of saves Jon's life and goes, you drops know, that name, drops that name. Well, Ned Stark's but, son. Yeah, she's like, yeah, it's Ned Stark's son. Uh, Mance will want to interrogate him. Get some info about you know plotting the raid south of the wall. How many speeding tickets do you think John got out of in Winterfell when he's like, "Do you know who my fucking dad is, <laughs> Ned Stark?" And they were like, "Oh shit, <laughs> be on your way, sir." Um, but yeah, so this is actually cool because Egret saves John's life, and then she has a sick line where she goes, "We're even now, John Snow." Yeah. So until I, he eats that poon. So up, up until up until that point, we we don't really like. I mean, you can kind of see a relationship forming between Egret and John. I do. You do see it. But you definitely see it now that Egret's kind of reciprocating with the where you've been now. She said that, though. She's like, you could have killed me a dozen times. Yeah. And they're like, that's his fault. (laughs) (laughs) Weird flex, but okay. Weird flex, but okay. Uh, And from there, we go to Rob talking to the nurse. And they're starting to really like each other, obviously. They're both HGBs. 
Uh, and, like, when you put two HGBs together for that long, there's going to be sexual tension. Yeah. Uh, and they're talking... It's all just more stuff about, It's like an like, episode of Real World, you know? You, it is. What happens when you put six... Such shit gets real. Yeah. And they're just... They're getting hot and heavy a little bit. And then all of a sudden, one of Rob's bannermen comes running up, and he's like, the, the Kingslayer escaped. And Rob's like, again? <laughs> is it, did you check that tree? <laughs> <laughs> did you check behind the bush? Yeah. And Jamie's just like, oh shit. And uh, John's like, what? Or, I'm sorry, Rob is like, what the fuck? And then they go. They travel back. Yeah, and they, and. Um, He's like, what, how? Rob, Rob and Talisa have a pretty cool conversation there. Um, I will, I'll get to it again in our Best Line Yas Queen segment. Yes. Um, from there we go to the start camp. Cat um, admits to letting Jamie She let him go! Yeah. And and uh, Brienne kind of scoring him out. Cat is going to be a potential first round pick later. Yeah, we'll get. But to I'm that. not going to lie because Chris will accuse me of poor wizard. <laughs> We're doing another Mount Rushmore. And we'll it's get to good. that. Yeah. But basically, I mean, Cat just straight up betrayed Rob. Rickard Karstark is furious because he wanted to kill Jamie because Jamie killed two of his sons, and Cat was the main one saying like, "You can't kill him." And then now all of a sudden, Cat lets Jamie go to save her two daughters. Yes. So it's a lot of bigotry, a lot of hypocriticism going on there. Karstark's rightfully pissed off. And then um, the significance of this move, I mean, it's not just letting the Kingslayer go, but also Cat brings discord and, and discontent into the camp. Like, everyone's pissed off. Yeah. People are, ready to, people are at each other's throats and stuff. This and, is a brutal uh, decision. Awful. Brutal decision. decision. She did it as a mom. But a bad mom. Because even now her son's in danger. Because, I mean, Rob's bannermen now are going to turn on him. And what does Rob do? He makes her a captor. He takes her captive. Yeah, yeah. She, he imprisons her. He should have put her in the same cell Lannister was in. That's in my opinion. Hooked her to the post. It's tough to do that to your mom, though, you know? Well, Man. you know, maybe in your world. But you know what? <laughs> in my world, this is, this is how kings stay kings. Lock her up. Lock Six her nine. up. Six nine. Oh, R.I.P. 6ix9ine. Or, or to your freedom. Fuck that, <laughs> yeah, Fuck that He's kid. probably not a good person. Yeah. If, 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 if your charge's minimum is like 60 years, you're not doing the right stuff. You're, you're, you're on, on the wrong, wrong stuff. stuff. Could have been Big a crackhead. Could have been Got a crackhead. Got a hold of the wrong stuff. Takashi 6ix9ine. That's what you get when you fuck with Chief Keef. He's well connected with the FBI. And 13-year-old girls. That's right. Uh, and then from there, we see that Brienne has Jamie. Yes. Uh, she's the one who Cat has sent to make sure that the payload is delivered, so to speak, to King's Landing. And, and apparently she's Brienne, is, a bit. Brienne is a lot better at hiding than Jamie is. Yeah, she got away. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to actually keep going, whereas Jamie like took five steps off the camp and was like, ooh, bush. <laughs> but Brienne is like, she's kind of manhandling him. They're having like a really funny conversation, and that'll come up later, where Jamie's just kind of like, he's like such a dick at this point, and he's really cocky. And part of it's, like, so weird because he was so cocky in season one with Ned Stark, and now he almost has a mindset of, like, I don't give a fuck if you kill me. He's almost, like, super depressed and well, just like wants to die at season No, one. here's the thing. He he knows that he would beat Brienne in, in one-on-one combat. But he's tied down, I'm saying. Like, she could just, like, slit his throat. Right, but... He his, also knows his, his value. His whole angle is, like, you know, like, you're a knight, or he, he doesn't know that she's not a knight, but he's like, I'm a knight, you know, we can just do this one-on-one if... If you're really my captor, then, you know, you'll beat me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But deep down, he knows that he would probably beat her in one-on-one combat, which we found out later on that he doesn't. Yeah. That's good Spoiler shit. alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Dan, uh, mute. Uh, Dan, rewind two minutes. In here. <laughs> uh, from there, we go to the Lannister camp at Harrenhal. 
uh, Kevin Lannister. And I, dude, I love these scenes where it's a war council with Tywin Lannister. And, He's like, so good. The Lannisters. He's so, and the actor just dominates the scenes. Dude, but it, I mean, it, it literally gives you a macro picture of everything that's going on in the Game of Thrones world at the moment. So it's good. They're talking about stuff that's going on in the north. They're talking about King's Landing. They're talking about Stannis marching. So it's, I mean, it's pretty, I, I love those scenes. But anyways, Kevin Lannister suggests that Joffrey should flee King's Landing um, because there's no way that they can hold it once Stannis gets there. Tywin, of course, says, you know, if, if you're the king, like, you can't leave. Everyone's going to turn on you at that point and, and go to Stannis's claim. Um... And then Tywin makes this decision at the end of the scene that they're going to ride at nightfall and get a day's march. Um, he doesn't say where they're going. We found out later on. Uh, but he leaves the garrison at Hall and he sends Clegane to go hunt down the Brotherhood. Clean a little house, yeah. And then at the end of the scene, Arya's searching for um, Jack and Agar because Tywin's leaving and, and she wants to order Jack and to kill Tywin. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't work. But she also like wants... Um... She's also, I think, upset because Tywin, like, bequeaths her to Clegane. She now becomes his cupbearer, he oh, says, yeah. when he's leaving. Yeah. She's like, ooh, no. Yeah, that, that wouldn't work out well. No, that's not a good mix. That's not a match made in heaven. Uh, and from there, we go back to North of the Wall. Corn Halfhand and Jon Snow are now both captors of the Wildlings, and they're bringing them to Mance Raider. And uh, Halfhand is acting with John. Like, Halfhand is making it look like he hates John Snow. Yeah. Even though he's, he's probably a little ticked at him, but he doesn't hate him. And he's kind of just doing this so that when the time comes, it'll be believable when they inevitably make them kill each other. Yeah. And in the, in the show, that's a really short scene. It's just like... He's like trips him. It's planting the scene, the seeds for the fight that they have. He trips on. him down the snow and he does yeah. the old classic, like, that's what I get for trusting a traitor's bastard. Yeah. But in the books, there's actually some really good quotes because they're... Obviously, they're tied up to each other, so they're really close to each other on this walk to meet up with Mance. And, um, like, one of the quotes is just, like, Corrin is talking to John, and he says, you know, you're, you're going to get taken to Mance. You're going to do whatever they say. You're going to eat where they eat. You're going to smang if you have to smang. Just make yourself seem like a wildling. Find out everything you can. Yeah. And then once you get south of the wall, don't forget who you are. Yeah, and, it's crazy that yeah. George wrote the word smang. <laughs> well, that's yeah. like the best thing, too, is he's given him, he almost gives him a few scenes earlier, he gives him like the Tom Hanks Saving Private Ryan speech where he's like, earn this. Yeah. Because <laughs> John's like, they did that for me, and he's like, make sure it wasn't for nothing. I I, I haven't seen that show, or that movie in a long time, so I... They, they you know. save Private Ryan. <laughs> uh, from there, we go to the Red Keep and King's Landing. Uh, Tyrion and Bronn, great scene, they're just kind of... Oh. Tyrion is studying um, the greatest sieges of Winterfell to prepare for Stannis getting there. Bronn is like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah, we're going to kill him with books. <laughs> uh, Varys shows up, and Tyrion and Varys always have like a great mind-to-mind battle, but um, I mean, not too much to cover there. They they pinpoint where the weakest point in King's Landing is. The Mudgate. The Mudgate. Which um, just sounds bad. Yeah, it's, it's, Girls never want you to penetrate the mud gate. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a few. Stan, Stannis is bringing a thousand men to the mud gate. Yes. <laughs> we just take the mud out. gate. Bring your loot, boys. It's 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 thirteen thousand BC. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> so kind of kind of short scene there. Yeah, Stannis going for that mud gate. But there's a funny part where they can't. They don't know the name of the book, and then Varys comes in and immediately is like, "Oh, the Chevlet," and they like look at each other and like point. <laughs> like Bronn and Tyrion scenes together are fantastic. So good. Um, and from there, 
we go uh, back north of the wall, but this time we're with the Crows, uh, the Men of the Night's Watch, with mm-hmm. Sam and Ed and all them, and uh, Pip, all them. They're digging, uh, because they're digging latrines, because they got to shit places, mm-hmm. and they uh, they hit something, something hard, and they flip it, and it was actually, like, relics left over from the first men, which is, this is, like, mm-hmm. ancient shit. And uh, they find a lot of, um, what's the word, obsidian? Obsidian, dragon, dragon glass, glass which, of course... And they're like, it looks like they left it for someone to find because that's important shit. And it was in a Night's Watch club. There's a little crack pipe, and they're like, what? It was um, so where they're at is called the Fist of the First Men. Um, they're garrisoning. They're garrisoning there, waiting for John and Corin Halfhand to come back with their intel. And the significance of the Fist of the First Men is thousands of years ago, the First Men and the uh, Children of the Forest made a stand against the White Walkers there. Right. So. Them finding that is kind of like, that was where they, you know, that was left over from the battle. Probably. And they're finding important tools. Yeah. Essentially, tools that, what does these tools do? Do they work? Kind of thing. And yeah, I think it's also out. fascinating that the first men were able to fight them off that far north. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. They were badasses. Well, at the time, that the wall wasn't built yet. And they're probably like, like, the White Walker's army wasn't as strong as it becomes now. Mm, I don't know. I mean, there's no way to verify. There's no. Well, we yeah. can ask George. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get George, George on the, the horn. horn. Uh, where's uh, the horn at? Oh, speaking of horns, they find a horn in there too. Um, in the, the shell, there's horn. in the shell, there's no significance to it. But in the book, they talk about a horn of Jormun, which which is supposed to be able to, if you blow it, it, it brings down the wall. So, but it, oh, it, in the show, they don't really ever talk about it, which kind of leads me to believe that in the books, it it's, doesn't have any significance. Yeah. So. Um, so from there, we go to Heron Hall. Arya actually finds Jacken now and orders him to kill Tywin. He said that can't happen. He already left. And um, basically, she's super pissed and says, well, you'll kill anyone? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, Jack and Agar. And then he thinks she's, like, fucking around. He's like, it's, it's not a joke. Like, a man could kill himself. And she's like, yeah, do it. Then, Prove it. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> and then he's like, "Please, like, don't, like, don't yeah. make me do this." And she's like, "Okay, well, help us escape." And he's like, "That would require more than one life." And yeah. she's like, "Jack," and he's like, "Fuck! All right." I got you. <laughs> he's like, "But a girl must obey." Right. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and from there, we go. Uh, Cersei and Tyrion are having a little conversation about Joffrey, and uh, Tyrion's telling her, "He's like Joffrey needs to be at the front. He's the king. He needs to be showing them that he's going to lead. It's good he's for like, morale. It's good for morale. He's like he's going to be surrounded by the fucking gold cloaks. He's going to be fine." She's like, "You're already trying to get him killed. You took Marcella away." And he's like, "Literally saved Marcella's life." But okay, he's yeah. like, "If she was in the city right now, Stannis would have her killed immediately." In this battle, and uh, man, he had some good lines about Joffrey and about how like big, and she um. She basically said something like, man, but, like, what if Joffrey, like, gets killed? And he, like, I forgot the lie, but he's almost like, oh, we're not that lucky. You know, kind of, like, <laughs> kind of statement. But then, out of nowhere, she's like, well, we have your whore. I told you I'd find something, and we've been torturing her and beating her. And he, like, I was like, oh, shit, they have Shay. And then they bring in the whore, and it's actually Roz, the redhead from Winterfell, so yeah. it's not Shay. Although Tyrion has frequented her also. He doesn't love her. Yeah. But he definitely uses, you know, the whore wizardry. Uh, and he's like, oh, no. And he, like, goes up to her and has to do, like, this half-assed acting. But the, Roz acts along. Yeah. Really is, like, a noble woman. She's taking care of the other women of the whorehouses yeah. throughout the entire episode. But also there's there's a lot in it for her as well. You know, you play along with that. Tyrion's part of the richest family in Westeros. He, she's going to get her dues from from playing along with that, you know? Yeah, but she's still getting a lot, lot of bad, lot of bad. The fucked up part is, like, like, why do they have to, like, beat her up? Why couldn't they just take her captive? 
Like she came in like bleeding. Because Cersei like, is Cersei's a vindictive yeah. bitch. Yeah. She he took away her daughter, and she is like very confident that Joffrey's going to get killed in this battle against yeah. Stannis. And uh, I, I mean, it, it's a great battle. I mean, it's next episode, I believe, and it's one that we're really gearing up for. Honestly, like it's not like he would even like if Joffrey's out there. It's not like he would even like go out of the gate. He'd probably just be like standing on the ramparts, just like shouting out commands. Oh, kill them. Kill them all. Please kill them more than they're killing us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then from there, we go to the start camp. Or actually, at the end of that, before, before we uh, go on to the next scene, at the end of that last scene, Tyrion runs back to his chambers to see that Shay's there. And then they have like this like super oh, romantic God, I thing. Hate it. It's so cheesy. And dude, just like watching that makes me cringe. She's like, like I've been it. waiting for you all night. He goes, Ah, you're beautiful. Yeah. And he's like, Shut the fuck so up. Lame. You pussy. But at that point, there's no turning back. Like he admits that he like loves her and would kill for her and stuff. And uh, he said, he's like, Listen, I'll be there for you. These five words, I swear to you. When you breathe, I want to be the air for you. <laughs> I believe it was Bon Jovi who said. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was Tyrion Jovi. Tyrion Jovi. Tyrion Bon Jovi. <laughs> and from there, we go to Stark Camp. Um, Rob and Bruce are strategizing how they're going to take back Winterfell. Um, I guess Ramsey's only a couple days away from Winterfell, so he's on his way there. He's got some. He's got some. He's got his ways. He's coming there with his hitters. Coming know? in hot. I low key now in the rewatch at this point. I'm sorry. I kind of like Ramsey. He's not there yet, but yeah. I'm, here and I'm really excited for him to show up. I mean, just just giving it to Theon. I need Theon to get some. He's silly, but then he gives it to people that I don't want him to give it to. Yeah. But then he goes back to giving it to people I do want. He's really hot and cold. <laughs> with um, and then uh, Rob ends up saying, any Ironborn that surrender will be allowed to go back to the Iron Islands and be fine, except for Theon. Yeah, because Roose said, he's like, well, you can't do that. He's like, that looks weak. And he's like, except for Theon. And then Roose is like, fair enough. Yeah. And then um, Talisa calls on Rob late at night. She gives some background on herself. I have in my notes, hashtag don't care. <laughs> yeah, there's no caring in this. Scene. I mean, yeah, but the, the the most important part is how she ended up being a nurse and ended up in Westeros. She tells him her this beautiful brother, life story. Yeah. And so, Rob gets fully erect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but her brother almost died. He, he almost drowned. And a slave and then saved him. And a slave came and, and uh, did mouth-to-mouth on him and saved him. And at that point, she decided that, A, she's not going to live in any um, slave cities anymore. Yeah. And, B, she's not going to, like, just yeah. hang out with, like, lords and ladies all the time. She's actually going to help people. The peasants. There's a lot to yeah. that scene, too, where she even says, like, the slave, like, pushed her out of the way to save her brother's life. Yeah. And she said, like, even considering what he was doing, they would have killed him. Yeah. Fact. Fact. And then yes. and then they end up smanging and that's when Rob decides Great. that he doesn't want really to. Really one of the underrated smang scenes, I think, in Game of Thrones history. They're both very attractive people. It was it was tight the first time I watched it, but it's one of the longer ones too. The rewatches, like you know the implications of it, so it's just like, damn, that sucks. But I'm just saying though, in terms of like actual on screen smang, it's one of the longer oh, yeah. ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think the longest one in history is when Baelish is like, that's it, and I'll put it in her body. Yeah, that was because <laughs> he also had a monologue while while there's just like Yeah. Smanging going on. But this one, like Rob was getting it. But anyway, like, is it did he lose was that him losing his virginity? Um, no, because remember in like Episode one, him and Theon were talking about like the horrors, the whole oh, okay. house in Winterfell. That's true. Yeah. Good for Rob. 
Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that's when Rob actually decides that he doesn't want to marry the Frey girl. Which, I'm sure that's when he thought. Which is dumb as fuck, though, because like, deal's a deal. as a king, you can just smang that nurse and still marry the Frey, the Frey girl. girl. Yeah. yeah, you can still smang her. It's all honor with the Starks, dude. Yeah, and plus, Frey did say no tradebacks. <laughs> so, that's binding. <laughs> but that's true. Like, that's the thing. Like, Robert never cared. Yeah. Which I guess, I don't know. I, mean, I guess you don't want to be Robert. He had kids all over the kingdoms. But. Yeah, dude, but Robert was a good king until he fucking died on a hunt. Yeah, until that boar, until that pig killed him. Yeah. Um, so, from there we go uh, to the escape. Arya, Hoppy, and Gendry, they're like, where's Jack and what's going on? She said, at midnight we're walking. And they're like, no, we don't want him. She's like, can stay. And then they get up and start walking. They're looking around. There's no sign of Jack, and all the guards are fucking destroyed. Yeah. All the Lannister guards are just like sticking to the wall with swords through their guts. One guy's head is like sliced up. Jackin is underrated badass. The guy does not get killed. He can't get. I mean, he's just he's like a, he's a ghost. He's an idea, and that's like I hope probably not. But what if he gets a little season eight time? Probably not, but that would be tight. I want to see them all in one scene together. Like, yo, wasn't that crazy? Yeah. Oh, shit! <laughs> it's like a flashback. Well, here's the thing. There's a long-standing theory, because the question is, if he can pull all this shit off, then how did he end up getting captured, right? Yeah. So there's, like, a long-standing theory that he intentionally got captured and, like, knew that he was going to meet Arya and stuff, and yeah. yada, yada, yada. He's insane. He's, he's insane. I mean, insanely cool. I don't mean he's actually insane. He's, he's a, not he's a, insane. He's, he's untu- a genius. He's untouchable. And then from there... John Cena. We're in the Narrow Sea, um, I think maybe approaching Blackwater Bay, or maybe even in the Blackwater Bay, but uh, Stannis and Ser Davos are on this ship. They're preparing. He's coming. They, they're, they're coming. Um, they're preparing for the battle. Stannis and Davos have a really cool heart-to-heart. Great back and forth. One yeah. of my favorite scenes of this episode was this conversation. Yeah. I mean, Stannis never really like lets, gives insight into what he's thinking as far as like on an emotional level. And this is one of the only times where he says, you know, I, I went through shit. I held, no one remembers that I held Storm's End with only 500 men throughout the whole rebellion. Very salty toward, and he brings up Rob and Ned about how they got the glory. Yeah. And I got nothing, but it was my duty. And it was his duty. And, and Rob gave and it to even, Renly. Yeah. Like after Stannis held Storm's End throughout the whole rebellion, Rob just shat on him and gave it to Renly and then sent Stannis off the Dragonstone. And put Renly in his council. Yeah, and well, well, Stannis think- was in the council too. He just t- by the time we picked up when Game of Thrones started, he's like he resigned. Yeah, he just. Do you really- think there was some saltiness? Do you think Rob was threatened by Stannis a little bit, like a little, like he's a badass too? No, the thing was, the Bannermen to Storm's End, and also you know they're close to um, the Reach as well with like the um, the uh, what's their last names, Marjorie and all them, the Tyrells. Tyrells. Um, so, like, you need a very charismatic person to bring Stannis in all isn't those people. That. Stannis is not that. Militarily, probably the best of all the Baratheons, right? Yes. Even better than Rob. Debatable. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, was, no, I was asking. I'm no, I, I mean, debatable, because Robert never lost a battle, really. So then, um, so, but, but did but Stannis also, hate Rob, or was he sad when his brother died, do you think? There was like, oh, that sucked. Yeah, I mean... Or he, by that point, is his mind too far gone? He was... He was... He never loved Robert. Like, there's a scene where he said, I, I never loved Robert, but... Oh, that's right. He does Yeah. That. I mean... I think, like, he still is my brother. I think he was more so, like, he had more regret over the fact that now, like, everyone's going to go to war, and he has to go to war against his other brother and stuff, too. Stannis was legit the ideal football guy. 
Oh, yeah. He wakes up and he's like, let's just watch tape. Yeah. He's like, he just get, is a warrior. He's like, that's let's it. get this bread. He just fights. And it's, but that's like, it, it, I don't, that's one of my least favorite qualities of Stannis is like, whenever he has human emotion, he shits on it in the next scene. He is a robot. And I think yeah. that like, I wish I personally saw more or knew more about the Baratheon brothers growing up. You know what I mean? I wish I knew was there ever closeness, was there ever tightness, was there ever jealousy amongst the three? Well, the Renly th- seemed well, very sad when well, Robert died. Well, they, they didn't grow up together. Remember, Robert was a ward in the Vale with Ned and... Ned, yeah. that's right, so and John Aaron. They never, I mean, they never grew up together, so it was just kind of like, okay, like we're brothers by blood, but we, we never really experienced all this shit. Robert was closer to brother to Ned than he was to Stannis and, and Renly. I just want to say that out of the 18 episodes, this is the most coherent conversation we've ever had about a topic. <laughs> We're <laughs> yeah, killing it. This yeah. is good. You, usually there's a dick joke talk. You guys are getting spoiled this episode. <laughs> yeah, Renly was poking people with his sword. Yeah, he was. There it is. There's that dick joke. There's the dick we met, joke. It, met our quota. <laughs> but also, <laughs> before we move on to the next scene, another implication is traditionally the heir always was the prince of Dragonstone. Like, the, the next in line was always put in, in oh, so charge Stannis of Dragonstone. Was, so, another... so there was a little background to Robert putting him there, but also Robert, or Stannis wasn't really his heir. I mean, Joffrey was his heir, so I don't know. You can kind of take that Yeah, but with Stannis, a salt. St- it's not, not, you know, Stannis' argument. That yeah, Joffrey's not legit. Little, he's a little inbred baby. Yeah. It's uh, a great, anyways, great conversation right at there. At the folks. end of the scene, Davos gets named Stannis' hand. Chris, go ahead, pat yourself on the back. I'm going to pat myself. Okay. Guys, guys, we did it. A little good conversation for you. A <laughs> uh, lot of good, lot of good information. Rate us, review us, five stars. Uh, and from there, where do we go from there? What was that? Uh, we go to King's Landing with Joff and Varys. Joffrey, Varys, and Tyrion talking yeah. militarily. Uh, and Joffrey's like, I'm going to give. Uh, Stannis, a big red smile. I heard he never smiles. I'm going to give him a big red, like he's the fucking Joker. He's going to slice him across the face. And then he walks away. And Tyrion and Varys, both when he walk away, are like, oh, man. (laughs) Like, this dude's going to die. They're like, Stannis, you you do not want to, if you see his, if you're close enough to Stannis to give him a smile, you're fucked, kid. Yeah. Basically. (laughs) They have some great lines about it. Uh, And then Varys and Tyrion talk about life. and, And this is when Varys first drops the Daenerys bomb. And he's like, well, you know, there's also the Mother of Dragons said to be across the sea. She has three babies, and Tyrion's like one king at a time. Yeah, one one thing at a time, one conflict at a time. But this is the first implication that Varys might have some ties to yeah. cross the narrow sea. Well, Tyrion does ask there too, like like what do you want? What do you want? To Varys, yeah, and, and he Varys and just Varys brings that up. He's like, if we're gonna play these games, you have to go first. Yeah, and Tyrion's like, all right. Yeah, and then from there we go to no a, sh- a short scene at Karth. Jorah wants to flee. Uh, Danny's like, hell no. Like, I'm not leaving my fucking dragons. And rightfully so. That's the only thing that really gives her any sort of credence, you know? Yeah. Um, is her dragons. And she yeah. knows that... And, and he's like, well, you know, they're no good to you right now. You know, they're babies. You need to be alive. And she's kind of... Kind of he checks Jorah a little bit and is like, listen, you've you've given me counsel. Some of it's been good. Some of it hasn't been that great. I, we'd still be in the Red Waste if it was for you. Thankfully, but I'm I, not leaving my kids. Not leaving my, my babies. <laughs> my babies. Where is my son? <laughs> you know. And from there, we go back to Winterfell. Theon and his men are uh, holding it down. And uh, Theon, like, is giving money to the farmer. He's like, give these gold to the farmer for his trouble. And his men are like, yo, weird flex. But also, we killed them. Like, All right. <laughs> Hashtag, they're dead. Hashtag, no more. And he's like, fuck. And Theon still has some of that stark conscience mm-hmm. on his shoulder. And then from there we find out that Osha's actually been hiding underneath Winterfell, probably in one of the crypts or in one of the sewage systems. 
and uh, the ma the maester comes down there and is like, uh, yeah, they killed those two boys in the farm, but we mustn't let Bran and Rickon know because it would it would destroy Bran knowing that they died for them. Mm -hmm. And it zooms out, and there's Bran around the corner, wide awake, listening to the yeah. entire conversation they're having a foot and a half away from his ear. That's at a loud volume. That's that's the start of of Bran actually like coming into like man manhood and like. Starting a little hair on his chest. Yeah. Starting to think differently about girls. And starting to think differently about Theon. Starting to think differently about Theon. So that was the episode. Pretty solid episode. Pretty solid. It's a solid episode. Yeah. I think it's a solid episode. Yeah. I really liked it. Another bridge app. I mean... The, it's a bridge app. The next two episodes, shit's gonna get No, they're wild. not bridge. The next two episodes are not bridge episodes. Yeah. They're, they're fucking war. War is here, folks. So what would you rate this one? I gave this episode a 7.11. Okay, okay. I gave it a 7-Eleven so nice. because it does its job, but it's still not great. I still didn't win the Mega Millions, and the Coke slushy machine was broken. But it still is solid. I can get my Twix. I can get my Snickers. It's a bridge. It's okay. not going to give me my dinner. It's not going to give me my Coke slushy because it's always fucking broken. It's like McDonald's, the, the, the ice cream machine. 7-Eleven. Yeah, it's good. You know, I'm not your fucking buddy. All right, just ring me up. Let me get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to vary differently or drastically from you on this one i'm going with a four and a half Ooh, yeah pretty low rating for me um in my opinion just not much happened in this episode true and the stuff that did happen were all bad decisions like rob deciding that he didn't want to get married uh well, yeah he does say that too he yeah. says i don't want to marry the fray girl i don't want you to marry the fray girl yeah. but again in those moments he say anything close ass yeah also, I kind of wish that Jack and Agar like Arya would have been able to find Jack and Agar to kill Tywin, and then the Starks would have been fine. Um, a little alternate history right there. Yeah, a little alternate history. Um, Jack and talks of being game, and it's just like, kill him, and he's like, well, <laughs> I'm on my break. <laughs> <laughs> it's lunchtime. It's lunch. Right. Listen, lady, I'm clocked out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, pretty low rating for me, but again, the next two episodes are going to be fucking dope, and I'm excited to cover them. I wish it showed Jack and kill those guards. It's almost like, is there is it mystical, or does he do it as a man? Does he stab him, fight, or is there some mystical powers to his ways? If I were to imagine how he did it, I think maybe he, he did it while they were, like, switching guards, and then... Shift change? Yeah, shift change, and then he just, like, pinned him up, because, you know, he had him, like, standing up. Because it looks like they're standing watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very interesting. So then, uh, first segment, or I'm sorry, second segment... In your opinion? Debatable. Yeah, it yeah. goes either way. <laughs> Best line slash Yas Queen. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll lead off here. Right, you lead off here. You're our lead off later. Um, my, my, best, my best line was when Rob was talking to Talisa, and he kind of gives a quote from Ned. He goes, the only time a man can be brave is when he's afraid. Which, I mean, it's true. Like you, The only time people are in courageous or brave scenarios is when you should normally be afraid of stuff. That's true. Use that fear. Yeah. Motivation. So, it's a good line. Yeah, I thought it was a great line. Best line. Best line. Yeah. No. Yeah. I didn't mean anything by it. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Fuck. And my Yas Queen was from. It was when Cersei and Tyrion are talking to each other again. I love those moments. Um, Cersei goes, "Do you think I'm an idiot?" And Tyrion goes, "No. I think you possess above average intelligence." Above average intelligence. <laughs> great line. Just barely above average. Maybe. Great line. Maybe an eighty-one percent average. My best line. Egret to Jon Snow. We're even now, Jon Snow. Nice. Love that line. Important line because it sets up their relationship. That's why it mostly shows they like each other and they are even, but soon they're not going to be even because Jon will go down on her. And that's when, and that's his way of being like, well, <laughs> your, 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 your turn. Balls yeah. in your court. <laughs> Let's see if you know how to use it. <laughs> Question my game. Uh, the and little, then the little slurp slurp. Little double slurp, slurping and derping. Yeah, the double hand. She's like, do you even know what you're doing? Uh, oh, yeah. 
And then she's she's what's your story? And then um, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie to Brienne, uh, Jamie to Brienne is my yas queen. When he goes, when she she like gets him off the horse and he's like being a dick to her and he's like kind of like talking about her sexually. And he's like, do you know many men? I suppose not. Women, horses. <laughs> <laughs> and then she like kind of shoves him, like, pushes his ass down, and he's just being such a dick. I love that. Women, horses. And then and then he's like, I didn't mean any offense, my lady. <laughs> I didn't mean any offense about you fucking horses. <laughs> My lady, my cat, my flame, (laughs) my muse, my flame, my horse, my horse. Next scene, uh, I'm sorry. Next segment, hottest moment. Uh, My hottest. Actually, you lead this one off. Ooh. My hottest moment was the scene with Brienne and Jamie Lannister because she's super rough with him, and I dig it. I told you, I like the lady in charge. She rips his ass off that horse. She's like, get down there. She low-key has a big crush on Jamie. She has a huge crush on Jamie, but she likes to rough him up a little bit yeah. just to make let him know who the boss is. <laughs> and uh, I love the powerful lady just like Brienne. And in those scenes, it's awesome because the way she's moving Jamie, it shows that she knows how to work a dick. How so? Because he's a fucking dick, and she's working oh. up there. Right? She's jerking him all over. He's like, uh. That's nice. Good. I see what you did there. Good tie back, right? Um, so my hottest moment was your best line, um, Igret and John, where she says we're even now. John Snow after yeah. she saves his life. Igret's like low key hot as fuck. Oh. Not even Loki, high key. High key. She's an HGB. She's an HGB. She's definitely. She doesn't get enough respect, I think, in the Thrones mythos of beautiful women. Well, because short while because there's also, I mean, there's also Amelia Clark. Oh, Amelia. I mean, I don't know if Egret goes in the conversation with like Danny, Melisandre, Masandi, Natalie Dormer. Yeah, Marjorie. Who's the other ones? Well, let's not think about it right yeah, now. Yeah. I can't get a full yeah, yeah. stiffy while we're recording. <laughs> but, um, Just a but half. Yeah. So that was my hottest moment. That's um, a good one. We got a Mount Rushmore this week. We were going to do the one last week, but... Yes, we do. Um, ah. We still have it, so... This Mount Rushmore fits... We're doing the whole series, uh, so anyone can be drafted uh, for their decisions at any season, so here be spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoiler uh, We won't cover them too much if it's really spoilery. We'll just kind of touch it and say, oh, you know what I'm talking about kind of thing. But uh, so this one is bad decision makers. This is a bad decision making Mount Rushmore. Uh, you got first pick last time. Yeah. So I get the first pick this time. Okay. So my first pick, of course, is literally the dumbest motherfucker any of us ever met. His name is Rick and Stark. <laughs> uh, and all I can say, dude, is zigzag. Zigzag. Yeah. Wow. When your life is on the line, wow. zig fucking zigzag, dude. Right. Number one pick, Rick what and Stark. What a moron. Yeah. And part and again. You guys know what we're talking about. You know what zigzag. we're talking about. Zigzag. You fucking fool, you buffoon, uh, you're an idiot, and I'm glad you're dead. Er, dead. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get a lot of Starks on this bad decision board. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that like if, if our podcast ever blew up and those like passionate fans on Instagram who have like fake accounts listen to it, they would be like, hey, ye, fuck faces, how dare you insult, insult House Stark? Well, any real Game of Thrones fan knows, knows they're that dumb. Like, Starks make awful decisions. They do. They're great people. Dumb decision. Makers. Yes. Um, okay, so my number one pick will be Theon Greyjoy. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, Theon, I mean, we, we he hasn't gotten the business yet, but, like, he's about to get real bad business. Folks, the business. <laughs> he's about to get... You ever see the movie starring Tom Cruise, Risky Business? No. Well, Theon's about to get some risky business. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah, Theon, Theon's my number one pick. That's a good pick. That's a solid pick. It's hard to argue with that. 
Uh, it's my pick now. Yes. Catalan, unless you want to snake it, I don't, it doesn't matter. Just me. keep picking back and forth. Yeah, we'll it's go back and forth. Catelyn Stark is my pick. Easy. That's a great pick. I think in the history of Game of Thrones, she will rank as one of the higher ones. This Jamie Lannister decision is super stupid. It puts her son in a terrible position, and she thinks she's going to get her daughters back. Which <laughs> jokes on her. Jokes on. Guess what? The the Lannisters are like tradebacks. <laughs> guess what? We're, gonna, so we're playing for kids. Yeah, like, the Lannisters are like fuck you, uh, and it's just. It's a bad decision. She made the decision emotionally, not logically, and uh, that's why, uh, like mother, like son, Rickon and Cat, my first two picks. And I and you know who's I'm a huge Stark guy. Yeah, yeah, but they're fucking dumb sometimes. Hey, game recognizing game. That's yeah. all it is. And uh, I'm dumb. <laughs> the thing that really pissed me off about that decision was literally the episode before she's given Rickard Karstark Stark shit for wanting to kill Jamie. Yeah, for like being sad about his dead kid. Yeah, and then she has the nerve to pull this bullshit. It's just some weak shit. It's yeah. weak. And then he just escaped. Yeah. And, and Rob's like, every other day now. <laughs> he's like, he's getting, getting that bush. He's getting a fucking raven. Like, oh, Jamie's got again. He's like, God damn he's, it. He's slippery. He's <laughs> a slippery fuck. Uh, so oh my God, Ohio State. They just scored again. Fucking them. It is 61 to 32. Let's go. Hammer the over. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my second pick is Ned Stark, the OG bad decision maker. Take it back, fucker. Listen, <laughs> Dude, fuckhead. I mean, let's that that scene where he goes to the fucking garden and tells Cersei that he plans on exposing Joffrey and like all that. So dumb, dude. Yeah, you're talking. You're talking. You're talking to the and then person not telling who, Rob. Yeah, he didn't tell Rob. Yeah, he had him, and he's like, "Oh, I feel bad because he's bleeding." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just like. Fuck, dude. Like, Damned if it ain't true. You're talking to someone who murders babies. Who was your first pick, Theon? Yeah. Who was a fucking ward of the Starks. So this is rough. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is, is rough. This is rough Stark, Stark heavy draft. draft. Yeah. But I'm ready to change the narrative. Okay. Tywin Lannister. Really? You pick on the same kid long enough, he's going to come to school with a bow and arrow and take out <laughs> With a crossbow. And you think you're tough, you think you're untouchable, but if you keep picking on that kid, you're going to pay for it. And let's just say he paid for it. And that's the thing. That's the thing. You think one of the dumbest decisions you can make is think you're invincible. I don't know if Eat I... Ass, I, don't, dude, I, don't, I don't know if I pin that decision on Tywin. I'm also a huge I Tywin think, fan, so maybe I, it's a little biased. He wanted biased. him found guilty in that trial. Okay, but... He the, set that Shay shit up. But the but the whole issue was the bad decision from Tyrion to begin with. So let's 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 place the blame where it really no, no, belongs the whole here. issue was, was, the whole born, was him being born a dwarf. And Tywin not liking him. And he picked him, and he picked him, and he picked him, and Listen, he picked him, and Ty- he came back Tywin, to Tywin definitely didn't like him, but he knew that he was useful. He named him Hand of the King before he fucking And then took it. all the credit for the Blackwater battle. Well, he deserved all the credit. T- Tyrion, lo- well, we'll say Tyrion that. Tyrion literally we'll say, was the only reason there was a stand-up. We will, we will say that for next episode. If it wasn't for Tyrion. But for me, that bad decision lays on the horror wizardry and not on Tywin. No, it lands on Tywin. Okay. You, you do a whole life of bullying. You better be ready for some heat. And he got that smoke, and guess what? He didn't take it. You got to take that airstrike. That's another bad decision, being weak. Okay. You got to be able to take airstrikes sometimes. You can't take three crossbows to the stomach. Right? Well, maybe you can't. <laughs> um, all right, so... That's a good pick. That's a good pick, folks. My the judges over here are nodding. Give my third up. pick is going to be Daenerys Targaryen. Fuck you. Um... <laughs> Just nothing better than a strong fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Danny makes some dumb decisions. Um, first of all, first of all, fucking letting that Mary Maz Dura chick 
take care of the call. Dumb decision. Oh, yeah, that was a bad one. <laughs> very, very dumb decision. That was rough. And then much later on, um, you know, I, minimal spoilers, but letting Tyrion handle the uh, battle planning. Oh, yeah. It was just dumb decisions. Rough stuff. Yeah. She could have just... She could have just taken King's Landing so easily. As soon as she showed up. But anyways, we'll save that for later episodes. This, but, uh, but yeah. That's a good one. I mean, yeah. this is good good stuff. This last one for me is tough. It's between two female characters. One a Stark, one a Lannister. And it's like the Lannister one, it has to do with the High Sept season. Where it's just like oh, she, yeah. she leads herself down a path of, of damage. Yeah. And then the other one is Sansa who just... The, the Baelish Trust. But so many people have made that mistake. But a lot of the stuff that happens really like, no, is a bad decision. She really had no choice. options. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Cersei. Okay. Because she was in a power, a position of power. Yeah. And she doesn't like sack up until she's already been fucked. Yeah. Which is the same thing that happened to, to Tyrion. Which is you, you can only push someone so far. But Cersei probably has a way shorter wick than Tyrion does, which is ironic. Oh, yeah. I know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she had enough, and it's and Cersei's. But Cersei led herself down that path. Yeah. Cersei makes a slew of bad decisions throughout the series, but she doesn't really catch heat for it until... No, she, like, her bad decisions don't have a consequence compared to, like, the Starks. That season, they do, but even after that, she, like, bounces back pretty nice. Yeah. She even even rocks the short hair, but not as good as Danny does in real life. Definitely not as good as Danny does. No, she's better with long hair. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so my fourth and final pick will be Stannis Baratheon. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Um... His he whole, starts thinking with his, his dick. His whole thing for Melisandre just ends up being super dumb for him. Yeah. Um, Bad decision. It, <laughs> things are going great for him right now, but um, it doesn't end up so great for him later on. I like it. Can I give a quick shout-out character? Yeah. Waldo Frey. Walder. Yeah, that's what I said. No, you said Waldo. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> Walder Frey. Uh, Bad decision, how so? Well, it's my thing is like if you leave one wolf alive, the sheep are never safe. You got to root them out, root and stem. Yeah, but at the time, Arya was fucking missing. No one knew where Arya was. Sheep can't leave that wolf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my honorable mention were Rob Stark, of course. Yeah, and we touched on that earlier this episode, and then uh, Melisandre. As well. Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah. No, Jon Snow. He's he's not really a bad decision maker. Uh, Even when he makes bad ones, it, though. Yeah, it, he like he like they work out for him. Let's let's be he's honest. Got luck up his ass. Let's be honest here. Maybe he made like a debatable decision that like some people didn't like. But well, on a macro level, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's necessarily a bad decision. Let's not go into this. But okay. just let me just say this: Be the bees. He made a bad decision, and he got bailed out. At, at what point? Battle of the bastards. Oh yeah, their yeah, their whole right. yeah. strategy. Yeah, you're right. He went against. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, we'll cover that later on. All right, and, uh, that Thrones for great, Dummies. That was a great, that great, great, that was a great Mount Rushmore. What time are we at? Are we? We're we're oh, taking our time. We're we're gone. Gone. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> who cares, man? We're here just having fun. <laughs> we're winging it. We're watching Michigan. We're Ohio State over here. Just fucking them. Mm-hmm. Michigan just scored. It's a touchdown fest. But unfortunately, when you're down thirty, yeah, touchdown yeah, fests don't help. So from there we go. Thrones for Dummies, Chris. Corn Halfhand, what do you got about this man? Dude, I got some facts about the Halfhand. Facts. So, um, Corn Halfhand is one of the most decorated rangers of all time. He's gone on like hundreds of rangings, which literally never happens. Like, I guess like a line that they say is like a good ranger never lasts long because you either get killed by wildlings or you like freeze to death north of the wall. Um, he's second in command at the Shadow Tower behind Dennis Malister. 
the Shadow Tower is really not covered too much in the show, but it's the westernmost, um, I guess, keep uh, on the wall, and it's one of the three most important strongholds at the wall. Um, he's called the Half Hand because he lost three fingers to wildlings, um, and he, he actually got his fingers cut off by an axe, um, so he fights left-handed now. Wow. And he's ambidextrous. And he's actually just as deadly with his left hand as he was with his right hand. So That's shout fine. out Jamie Lannister. Maybe you should learn something a little bit from Corin Halfhand. Take notes. Uh, and then he w- he used to actually be boys with Mance before he became Mance Raider. Um, they go back. I guess Mance served some time at, at the Shadow Tower as well. So um, he's actually... When he's devising this plan to kind of feign a fight with Jon Snow and have Jon Snow go undercover, he knows that Mance Raider will, you know, have respect for that and, and accept Jon into into their ranks. That's good, man. So, That's really interesting shit. Yeah. He's a great character. He is. Short-lived he's in the, the shows, but in the books, I imagine he's got an insane amount of detail added. A lot more detail, a lot more quotes, but pretty much the same like length of time. Length of time, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Great character, important character, and he is like the ranger to be. Yeah. He's there's like posters him and, all over Castle. Him and um what was uh John's uncle's name? Benjamin. Benjamin, yeah. He was Benjamin was first ranger, but um they they were boys with each other. Corn was close second ranger. Um <laughs> <laughs> He was a Texas Ranger. He was Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah. From there we go to our new segments. It will be weekly. It's Hell we're yeah. adding it into the mix. It's a short little I'm segment. Fucking pumped for I'm pumped for this. This new segment is called "You Blew It." You blew it. You blew it. Uh, and this segment is for each episode. We'll pick someone who absolutely blows it, makes terrible decisions. Uh, we really are in a show where bad decisions are made. So, Chris, why don't you do the first ever? You blew it. All right. So I will start off. It's the Robin Taliza scene. Um, when okay, not a bad decision to smang Talisa, but a bad decision to decide to marry the Frey girl. So, and we already covered this, so I'm not gonna make you guys listen to more of this. But Rob Stark, you blew it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I am. I am here for it. Yes. You blew it. So it's good. true though, and it's like, like you said though, you said this. If you're gonna be a king anyway, just do what Robert did: smang all over the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. Spread that seed. Yeah. Back then, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, doesn't what? Matter. You're not gonna. There was no syphilis. You're, you're, you're not gonna like end up like Tiger and like have to have press conferences and like retire for a few years. My fellow lords, <laughs> I gather you here. I've been, I've been weak. <laughs> yeah, there's not. This isn't. It's, there's no diseases back then. You're fine. Just well, well I mean, a little grayscale on the tip. It would be a little scary. <laughs> um, my you blew it is uh, for Theon. Uh, when he was shit-talking to Yara, he thinks he can run Winterfell, and he thinks it's going to go good for him. He thinks he's going to be the prince of Winterfell for all time to come. Well, guess what? The next two episodes aren't going to be so good for you. So, he's going to hey, catch bo- this business. He's going to get that. Oh, man, so much. We're going to use the word business a lot, folks. So look <laughs> it up so you can know what it means. Um, so my man, Theon Greyjoy, guess what? You blew it. You fucking blew it. I love it. I'm in on this. I segment. love that segment. That's yeah, we're doing say. that every that's week. That's here to say. That's, that's weekly. That's big facts. That's big facts. <laughs> that's big business. Next segment, we'll find George R. R. Martin to date. Finally. George R. R. Captain R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin. George R. Martin. I'll start this one off. Do it. My date is, quote unquote, some college chick. Ooh, I like it. So, I mean, college chicks are wild. They could put a little pep in George's step. Maybe get him to work on that book a little bit faster. 
And, I mean, it's just traditional that, like, college chicks are just good in the sack. So, like, maybe, you know, George could use that, get some inspiration. He's big on the sex scenes and stuff. He so. is big on sex. Yeah. He's a huge fan of it. Big That's congrats on the sex, George. Some college chick I really like. Yeah. <laughs> My George R. R. Martin a date is, for George, is a guy named Charlie McDowell. I don't know who that is. Uh, he's dating Amelia Clark. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so gosh. I figure if those two fall in love, this is, listen, uh, so hopefully he and George hit it off and I can slide smoothly into Amelia Clark's DM hole because I need to, I need, listen, folks, you got to see this Al really? Magazine photo shoot. It's just beautiful. She's just beautiful woman. I'm upset. I'm upset that you're back on her train, dude. Dude, what I would mean? love to be on her train. <laughs> my God. I... It's it's just it's a thing with her with me. You know what I mean? You ever like there's always that one celebrity you have that crush on or that one person in life you see them, you're like, God, they're hot. It's for me it's Amelia Clark. We just have this thing. And not we. Me. <laughs> I, me just have this thing. Where it's like she to me everyone has a different perception, you know, and everyone would agree she's beautiful, but not everyone would have that thing. Everyone yeah. has a different thing for different It's called me. an obsession, is what you're talking right. about. Right. It's a very healthy obsession. And <laughs> I see her and I think, Whoa, hot. <laughs> all right it's a little okay well i mean hey like i think we would connect on a spiritual level okay all right i think i would love to take culver's get a little butter burger get a little watch her eat the butter burger get some get some cheese curds get some cheese curds okay that ain't no problem bring her home that to my no parents problem. house bang uh, her in the basement <laughs> <laughs> um next segment unnecessary titties yes um i don't I guess the only titties in this episode, the only actual titties in this episode were Talisa, right? And they were more than necessary. Yeah, they were They nice. were. Like, yeah. she's hot. She is a Low babe. Key. She's an H-E-B. Um, my unnecessary titties was when the Ironborn killed the farmer and his wife after they already killed their kids. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like rubbing salt in the wound. That was unnecessary. You know? um, so, yeah, that's, I just had that one. Yeah. I mean, Theon is a fuck. Uh, well, Theon didn't even order that, though. That was, that's what I'm that was saying. Prince of Winterfell and your men don't even do the shit you tell them to yeah, do. Yeah, true. He's a tough guy. Yeah. Connect the dots, Theon. <laughs> uh, my unnecessary titties for me, it's the horror wizardry when Shay says, I am yours and you are mine. That's a little too Facebook official for me. She says, like, grabs his face and is like, I am yours and you are mine. That's like, whoa, pump the brakes. I don't want to define this shit right now. <laughs> I mean, you're, you are mine, correct, but I'm not necessarily. <laughs> no, that's, and, and for me, well, that. Well, starts that, that love affair off, so that's on him. That's true. I don't like that scary, like, what are we commitment bullshit at that point. It's like, listen, a second ago, I thought you was getting tortured. <laughs> listen, I'm not the guy to say that to. I am yours and you are mine. And I'm like, yep. It's <laughs> like, all right. And I'm like, you're damn right. And then a week later, I'm like, listen. <laughs> we need to talk. We need to talk about that whole thing. Or you could just pull the classic ghosting and just like not respond to her text. That's really hard to do. When I, oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about me. No, right? no, I wasn't talking about you. Yeah, no, yeah. Where are you? Ah! <laughs> you can't ghost when you live with a person. Unless you like actually Fake your death. Ghosts. You got to go hard. You're like yeah. Casper. Casper, good. Hey, shout out Casper, big fan of the podcast. <laughs> He's a friendly one. You can follow him at, at Casper. At Casper, at, at the Twitter machine. At, at Casper, at, at Casper. Ghost. And you can follow him on Pornhub at Bang Bros. <laughs> um, Next my, segment. Trial by Combat. Trial by Combat. So we coined this term, and I want to build a show around it, uh, called Chandelier Girls. It's from the guy who brought the <laughs> Porta Potty Boys, that's me. Uh, and Porta Potty Boys, you know, there's the boy franchise that I have, and I'm trying to branch the out. Sock Boys? Sock Boys, 
Crispy Boys, all the boys. Yeah. But we want to do, I want to do a little something for the ladies, uh, and especially like girls have fun. Girls have fun now. Girls, girls just like to have, have fun. fun. Yeah, I mean, Cindy, want to have fun. Cindy That's Lauper said, yeah. yeah. And uh, so Chandelier Girls, and Chandelier Girls, they get goofy. They're goofy girls, you know? And like a Chandelier, like I think like the Sia song, like I want to swing from the Chandelier, I don't know what that means when she says it. I know what it means when I say it. And I don't say, and it's their Chandelier Girls, there's always swinging from up there, it's because they look crazy. They look crazy, you know? <laughs> They're fun and crazy. So, the, the, a little background on where he got this idea from. Uh, we, <laughs> we, were, we were doing strictly professional research. Play as we did. Um, and we we saw some pics of Arya, or um, Macy, Macy Williams. Williams. Season, season seven, Macy. Yeah, yeah. She was yeah, fully not, grown. Yeah, not season one or two. Chris Macy. Hansen, if you're listening, <laughs> you take a seat, buddy. <laughs> um, and we decided that Macy is kind of hot. And yeah, we, but like, but she, we decided that like her personality would be like a like an outrageous kind of she's like crazy, she's into, yeah. She's into some weird shit, but like yeah, like fun. This is all fun. Yeah, None of this is bad. Yeah, yeah, we just are choosing our words carefully. Of course, like if if it was just me and him right now, no recording. Who knows what we say? <laughs> and so she just goes, yeah, she's probably just like swinging from chandeliers. You never know what she's gonna do. It was at the time a really outrageous thing. We both were yeah. laughing for some time. I think it's still fucking hilarious. Just yeah. picturing so Maisie Williams swinging from my ceilings like Spider Man. Not scripted, maybe. Oh, Spider Monkey. Yeah, she's a little Spider Monkey. She's a little Spider Monkey. Ooh, she's swinging around, just grabbing on to whatever. Um, but that's like the. It's like it's like it's not scripted. I think Chandelier Girls is uh, reality. You get a bunch of Chandelier Girls. You put them in a big house in L.A. or something, or in the. And they're all just swinging all over the place. You just see who swings the best. <laughs> who will be top Chandelier Girl in America's next top Chandelier Girl? I'm I'm all for. I'm here good for show. that. That's a good show. I'm here for that's that. That's a good show. That's a that's a Seven Eleven right there. So what do you think, Chris? That was that was that was. A, I felt like we got some good analysis, and then we. And that, that was a good episode. It was. It was. It was. Let's pretend we stopped recording and are having this conversation. Yeah, we're just talking. Oh, that was a really good episode, man. We started out as intuitive, but then we ended up talking about Chandelier Girl, so we kind of... You knew what you were getting into when you asked me to do this. We we went all across the board. I think... No, we had some good breakdowns. Yeah. Really, actually, like, discussed shit. Yeah. We're We're just patting ourselves on the back here. You guys really don't have to listen to this. Um, so we'll just keep, we'll keep end the we'll end the show now. We'll end it. Uh, but also, if you want to be a guest, please hit us up. We yes. are taking guests. Yes, taking the guest it. format yeah. last week I thought went well too. So it's so easy. You, it's, get, you guys just have to watch the episode, and, then, and you have to be comfortable being in a basement with me and Chris. Yeah, which was probably the hardest. part That's the today. hardest part. You have to yeah. sign waivers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys very much for listening. Continue to follow us on the social medias at Chris Can't Swims at John underscore underscore Sheedy at Deep Throats Podcast. You guys are the best. Amelia Clark. Hit me up, baby girl. I'm back.